pray, Lord, that he will just give it with utterance, Lord. Give it, Lord Father, with wisdom, Lord Father. And Lord, that we may be that we may understand, Lord Father, what you're trying to say in your word, Lord. What you're trying to tell us, Lord Father. Amen. And Lord Father, I pray, Lord Father, that the word will be spoken, Lord Father, with fire, Lord. And Lord, that you may touch our hearts, Lord Father. And Lord, may we receive it, Lord Father. And Lord Father, help us to be doers of the word, not just listeners, Lord. Dear Father, I ask you to bless blessing now, Lord Father. Bless Father. Dear Brother Mark, Lord. And Lord, may you just speak through him, Lord. Take out all self, Lord Father. Take out all self on the word, Lord, and just only be you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are we on, Sam? Yeah. Did you turn this on? Yeah. Oh, you sneaked up. Let's get rid of this bird's nest. Good morning, all. Good morning. How are we doing? Good, good, good. I'll try my best not to fall over these cables. Some of you may remember me uh, a few a few weeks back asking whether you felt God's presence when you come into this place. Amen. Anyone remember? Yes. A small minority said that they did and the majority of the remainder kept silent, which normally means they did not. So what does this mean? Does it matter if we feel God's presence or not? Should we be feeling God's presence all of the time? And can we trust in our feelings and what they're telling us? And this is what I want us to take a look at this morning. I want us to take a little look at our emotions and our feelings and what God says about them. (coughs) Those of you who have heard me talk before will know that I believe that the dictionary is always a good place to start. So let's see what it says about emotions the one I've picked out is a strong feeling deriving from one's circumstances mood or relationships with others a strong feeling deriving from one's circumstances this tells us that depending on on our circumstances our feelings will change and how many of you know that our circumstances change on a daily basis we live in a world today where people live by their feelings more than anything else if you listen closely you'll hear people talk about how they feel almost all the time I don't feel like going to work today I think I'll just stay here in bed I don't feel right at the moment I feel as though I should be with him or I feel as though I should be with her. Even us as Christians. I don't feel as though God loves me anymore. I just don't feel his presence. Even more worrying. I don't feel as though I should come to church today. At times it can seem 
while we are serving the God of feelings, more than the all-powerful, loving God of the universe. I want us to start by looking at Proverbs 14, 12. I'm all set up, Andrew, so I'm waiting for you. <laughs> Proverbs 14, 12. Now we know Solomon was a man of experience, didn't we? He says, there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it leads to death. See, we can be going along, thinking and feeling, I'm going the right way. But really, we can be moving towards our death. We know the times that we live in are all about free will. We want free choice, the freedom to do what we feel is right. We've even changed laws in this country to suit people and how they feel. It's how we were born, it's who I am. I can't help the way I feel. In Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 it tells us to trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart and not on our feelings. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. We need to determine if how we feel lines up with the Word of God. So let's take a little look at our feelings and try to understand them a bit more. Who here likes horror films? Come on, it's got to be someone, surely. <laughs> yeah, one, one admit to it. That's it, Brother John, I see you, mate, I see you. Okay, I used to years ago, I used to years ago, but these days I can't, I can't take it. Um, so we go to pictures, we watch the film, right? We get our popcorn, we're stuck and focused on this film, waiting for the next scene to happen, ready to jump through the roof and throw our popcorn everywhere. <laughs> We've got white knuckles where we're holding onto the arms of the chair, where our grip's so strong leaving indentations from our nails. See, we're petrified. What we're experiencing there is fear, just as if we are in the film ourselves. <coughs> See, our feelings cannot tell the difference between an imaginary fantasy or a present reality. Our emotions are brainless reactors. Emotions cannot think for themselves. They merely respond. I heard the story of a guy that had gone to the doctors to collect his blood results, only to be told by the doctors that he had cancer and that he didn't have long to live. I mean, I can't even begin to imagine how this man must have felt. He would have been distraught. This man went home and he'd made life-changing decisions. He prepared himself for his death, only to be called back to the doctors a couple of weeks later and be told that they'd made a mistake. I mean, can you imagine the roller coaster ride this man must have been on? <coughs> he would have probably experienced anger and being given the wrong results, the wrong diagnosis, then the relief 
would have been overwhelming. Followed by, by joy. Joy, he's got another chance. It's not true. We see, we see here how this man's feelings were dependent on the information that was given to him. His feelings were reacting to that information. See, the information we receive can determine our feelings. How many of you know where our information is supposed to come from? The Word of God, correct. Well done, Phil. We heard Agnes mention last week the scripture Hebrews 4.12, where it says, For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing, separating, dividing. Do you know what I believe this scripture means? It's talking about separating the things that should be in our spirit from the things that shouldn't be in our spirit. It's separating the things from our soul that shouldn't be in our soul. And alongside the Word of God, we have the Holy Spirit, who we know leads us into all truth. You could say that we have two witnesses. I heard Chris Vallotton was talking about these yarn gauges. I think I've got the word right, yarn gauges. Yarn gauges in a light aircraft. That every light aircraft has two yarn gauges that do the same thing. Now these gauges are like, it's like the circle and you've got like a um, semicircle if you like, which is the level of the plane. So you'll see the wings on that semicircle. So you'll know whether the plane's out or not out. So these two gauges do exactly the same thing. This is because when flying for a storm, the pilot can lose visual. He can suffer from vertigo or disorientation. He can feel like he is climbing and upside down. But the truth is, they're climbing and the right way up. So a pilot, without his gauges, can then turn the plane upside down, trying to level it out, level it out to ride the storm and actually come crashing down into the ground. One of the first things that the pilots get taught at flying school is not to trust in their feelings when they're up there, but to rely on their gauges. See, if one gauge is fail, they still have the other one. That's why there's two gauges. These pilots say, I will not trust my feelings, but trust the gauges because they agree with each other. It's no different with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. They lead us into truth regardless of our feelings. Amen. For example, when we experience fear, we, we all know what the Bible says about fear, right? Yeah? We all know this scripture. We throw it about all over the place. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of peace, and of a sound mind. I don't see no fear in love. I don't see no fear in peace. And I don't see no fear in a sound mind. I've heard it said that fear is faith in the wrong kingdom before. If we live by faith in the wrong kingdom, we allow darkness to torment us. We can empower the lie. 
See, fear is a spirit that operates through our feelings. And one of the difficulties of following Jesus is having to confront fear on a daily basis. Especially the fear of man. If we fear people, we are not leading them, they are leading us. I think this might be a good point to say that our emotions and our feelings are not necessarily bad. They're part of our makeup. We are made in God's image. Everything that He gives us is good. We've heard that this morning. Everything He gives us is good. And we know that Jesus very much experienced these emotions on earth. We know that He was moved by compassion. We know how he wept for Lazarus. And I love, I love, I love the story in the temple courts where Jesus got angry. Yes, Jesus got angry. He flipped the tables over. He flipped the tables over. He turned a piece of rope into a whip and he drove them out. That's how Jesus, that's how Jesus He had a passion for the things of God. I believe Jesus was telling us that it's okay to be angry. It's okay. A lot of us are fearful of anger. It's part of our makeup. In Ephesians 4.26, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Or in the NIV, if you prefer, in your anger, do not sin. It doesn't say, do not be angry. Do not sin in your anger. That's what it says. Our emotions are to be used for the right kingdom and not the wrong. See, many people, I believe, spend most of their life trying to change their feelings. That's what we're taught to do. But I believe we can only manage them and not prevent them. As I mentioned earlier, our feelings are only a reaction to the information that we receive. God says to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, not by the changing of your feelings. We can only change what we choose to think about, not what we feel. Many of our thoughts are motivated by our belief system. The belief system we have about ourselves and about God determine many of our everyday thoughts, which will then dictate our emotions. We've heard it said this morning about our belief systems and how God sees us and the crown that he's given us and how much he loves us. These are the things, these are the things we should be living out of. David gives us some great examples throughout the Psalms. He was a man after God's own heart. Why? I believe because of his passion for the things of God. His honesty about how he was feeling. He would pour his heart out to God. His vulnerability as a king and as a leader. In Psalm 42, 5, he says, Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why are you in despair? He recognises it. Straight away, he recognises it. And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope 
in God. Here comes the switch, hope in God. For I shall again praise him. For I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. When we come in here this morning, I guarantee you that not many of you felt God's presence. I guarantee you. Some of you probably didn't even fancy praising God this morning. But you did it anyway. And as you did, your feelings came into line. I love what D.L. Moody says. Obedience means walking right on, whether you feel like it or not. We have to learn how to live beyond our feelings and do what's right, even when we feel wrong. And I believe that forgiveness is a great example of this. God says that we are to forgive others because of the amazing forgiveness that he has given us. He doesn't say, as soon as you feel like it, go and forgive him. In fact, you will probably come up with many, many reasons not to forgive. Everything in your world will be screaming against it. Everything. Your feelings will be fighting against it. It is an act of your will that comes into line with God's word. I see this working in the physical also. With my job, I can do a lot of sitting around at times. Then I can have a wonderful drive home, round the North Circular, in the traffic. <laughs> hour and a half, two hours at times. And all I want to do when I get home is plonk myself down and switch off. But I know, I know that I have to do some form of physical exercise to keep myself active. And I know that when I force myself into that physical exercise, I not only feel better, my feelings come into line, but you know what else happens? I have more energy. Now that sounds like kingdom thinking to me. And you give more, you get more. Those who become mature believers are those who have learnt to push past their feelings for the sake of God's will, for the sake of God's kingdom. Jesus gives us a wonderful example of that, doesn't he? And in James 1-2 it says, Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy when you encounter various trials. Who does that? Joyful when you're facing the trials? Yeah? Wonderful. Praise God. See, James wasn't saying that trials are fun. He was simply reminding us that our outward circumstances should not dictate our inward attitudes. In Proverbs 25, 28, it says... A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. This is what happens when we are overrun by our feelings, when they are calling the shots. 
I believe as we walk this stuff out and we learn, we learn to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, our feelings will come into line. Our will will be surrendered and walls will be built back up in the right areas. I'm going to be short and sweet today. I'm going to wrap this up now, but I just want to summarise what we've spoken about, because I like to do that. First of all, we spoke about what emotions and feelings are. We spoke about where they stem from, the importance of not being controlled by them. We are to be led by our witnesses, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And maturity is surrendering our will and not being overrun by our feelings. God bless you all. Give us a one more song.